Hello, wherever you are. This is a special bonus episode for our Nehemiah study. This comes from one of our monthly leadership meetings, and it dives a little more in depth into the leadership principles that we see in this book of Nehemiah. Hope you enjoy this bonus episode. We are going to go over, yeah, encouraging service. Um, so encouraging service from people in Cornerstone um, and each other even and stuff. So uh, one of the themes I was thinking about the lessons from Nehemiah, because there's so much going through in Nehemiah each week that we can't really dig deep into a lot of the different particular things or things that are good lessons to bring out of it um, as much as I would like to. And so there's lots of leadership principles in Nehemiah that we see. And we want to encourage other people to live for God and remind ourselves and then them about who God is. And encourage them to move forward in their faith because they can trust God. So we're the leadership team, obviously, in Cornerstone, if you didn't know that. Um, as we have experienced, we know that leadership is not always up front. So a large part of leading is done in the Cornerstone ministry, right? Not like not all of you are always up front doing these things and leading in that way. Um, it's with people um, kind of in the trenches. Hey. Trenches, then. Um, the trenches talking to people are setting up for the events that we do and all of that. And so because of this, we can be examples for people to follow, but also we can encourage them personally to live lives for God. Think about our lessons in Nehemiah, and it's to encourage the builders to start building. Um, he told them that they, ne- they had a need they could fill, how God had been faithful in the past. Uh, then they start building and have this opposition from, from Sanballat and Tobiah. Nehemiah encourages them by saying to remember who God is and that he will fight for them, and then they get back to work. So how do we apply that then to Cornerstone, to this ministry that we're involved in? Well, first of all, we, need, we as leaders need to understand that everyone has a role they can and should play in the body of Christ. Um, in fact, they have a role they should play, right? They're a member of the body of Christ, so each person has a role in place that they should be serving and can be serving in. Uh, Ephesians 2.10, we're all familiar with Ephesians 2.8 and 9, for by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, and no one may boast. It goes on to say, and we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, and he prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. And so there's things that he's prepared beforehand for every believer to walk in, and so we want to encourage people to serve in those ways. Um, so I'm just trying to, everyone has a role they can and should play in the body of Christ. This morning, how we don't want to be the clog nostril of the body of Christ, right? It just doesn't do any good. Um, secondly, then, we as leadership want to encourage them to fill that role. Right? So it's like, okay, you have a role to fill. They're like, awesome. They're like, and then you go on. It's going to be like, okay, well, what do I do? Right? How do I fill that role? What are the roles I should fill? So how do I do that? I think we can pull from Nehemiah's <coughs> process in this passage. So you have your Bibles if you want to turn there. I won't have it up on the screen. So uh, go to Nehemiah chapter 2. Once again, we've already been over this, um, but we're going to go a little more in depth today in this meeting. So Nehemiah 2, right? We've already seen how Nehemiah was... um, Chilling, the cut bear, brother comes back, and his brother's like, Yo, Jerusalem's not doing too well. And Nehemiah is sad and upset. Four months later, he's in front of the king, and you know, it would be it would make sense that the king would be like, Hey, why are you sad? Like you're what's going on? You served me my food, right? Like, why are you upset? Um you kinda of, we want someone to be in a good mood and be vigilant, um, to do their job and not be concerned about other things as they're the one who's the cupbearer and keeping the king from being poisoned and stuff. And so 
he asks them, and then he says, okay, I'll give you all these things in this amount of time and these resources so you can go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Nehemiah goes, he gets there, and here's where we're at. So verse 17, chapter 2. It says, Then I said to them, You see the bad situation we are in, that Jerusalem is desolate and its gates are burned by fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so we will no longer be a reproach. I told them how the hand of my God had been favorable to me and also about the king's word which he had spoken to me. Then they said, Let us arise and build with our hands through the good work. So now we have this idea of Nehemiah's process of what he takes. We had a five-step process we put up on the screen last week. We have that process versus our process. First of all, he gathered the facts, right? He sat there, he gathered the facts, and figured out what the issue was. Well, we need to know the Bible and what the ministry needs, right? Gather these facts of what we need to be doing. And then he tells them the need, right? He says, okay, here's the need. Jerusalem is messed up, right? We're a reproach to people. Um, so we have to say, hey, there's a need that God has for you to fill. Right? There's a place where you can be serving. That's what he said to the people. He would be past successes, right? All of you are in leadership. You're serving. Um, you've seen the amount of influence that's had on your life and that, how that's actually gone well instead of stepping out in faith and trusting God there. Um, this is adequate resources, right? We also have adequate resources. We have the spiritual gift. He's equipped us to do the work that he's calling us to do. And then he secures a commitment. And they're like, okay, cool. We're going to work. So ask, hey. They're just roll. Um, you want to serve there and stuff. Um, so First Corinthians, um, so advocate resources, right? First Corinthians here uh, says, Now there are varieties of gifts with the same spirit and varieties of ministries with the same Lord and the variety of effects with the same God who works all things and all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Okay? And it never says or acts like the spiritual gifts are for edifying yourself. No, right? They're for the common good. Um, spiritual gifts are for edifying and, and building up the body of Christ. And so he said, look, here you have the resources. The manifestation is given to you so that you can serve others and serve the body of Christ. So then he secures his commitment after that. Um, oh, I got my step goal. Nice. Two days in a row. Um, so you ask them if they have to serve somewhere um, there. So all of these things are honestly probably pretty simple to talk about. Like it takes a little bit to talk to someone, but as soon as you're talking to them, pretty chill, right? So you're like, uh, first of all, the first step is gathering the facts, figure out, okay, where are places we, we can better glorify God in our ministry, right? What are the ministry's needs and what does the Bible say about those sorts of things? So gather the facts that way first. And then be like, hey, notice you've been around Cornerstone for a bit, you know? I think there's a place for you to serve here to make an impact for Christ. I came in, I was able to get plugged in, and I was helping out in this way, and I've loved it. Uh, even though it takes time, it's so rewarding. Did you know that you have at least one spiritual gift right, that God has given you to serve? I think you may like this area of serving. What do you say? You want, you want to serve there or help me out here or help out the ministry there, I guess? Yeah, so it seems pretty simple, right? Now, you may not be able to get through all of that in one conversation. It'll take a couple of weeks to kind of get through that process of kind of talking, get to know them, gathering their facts, right? Who, who are they and stuff. Um, say, hey, look at this need that we have, and talk about how I've served on ministry um, before. I've served on ministry. I think it's been a great way to, to do things. And then tell them, like, hey, you know, you have spiritual gifts. What do you think your spiritual gifts are? That may, be, that may be where you stop and say, you should go take this survey, or you should go think about this and pray about say, what your spiritual gifts are. What do you like serving the most? Then come back and go, okay, cool. Here's your spiritual gifts are. Well, here's a need that we have in the ministry. You want to help serve here? All right? That's what you want to do? It takes a couple of weeks to get through all these steps. But I think we can take Nehemiah's process here and use it whenever we're encouraging others to serve. Does that make sense? Okay. If you have any questions, always just stop me. 
Um, so this is encouraging someone to start serving. Right? Say, okay, cool. You're sitting here. We have a need. You have a need. God has a place for you to serve. You've been equipped to serve. I've uh, started serving. I've seen that. I've had success in this area. And so you want to serve? Yeah. Uh, that's how you get someone to start serving. But what about those who are already serving? What about encouraging your fellow leadership members here? Um, it can be hard sometimes to want to serve when you have all these other things going on in life. How do we encourage people who are already serving? Well, later on we see there's a planned attack on the city. We saw that this morning in Nehemiah. And on the city of Jerusalem, Nehemiah does a good job of encouraging the people who have been building. What does he do? Well, we have two examples from chapter 4. First is Nehemiah 4.14. He said, When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember who, the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and houses. Um, so remember the Lord's power and fight for your family, basically. right? Remember that God is the one who will save us and fight, help. And we can probably this in our lives. Fight for your spiritual family. Right? You have brothers and sisters in Christ that you're here and trying to edify and build them up. That's your purpose to, to serve spiritual gifts is to make the whole body come together and work so that we can do the will of God and glorify God. And so remember, God's the one who's going to help us do this, right? Remember the Lord who's great and awesome and fight on this behalf. Second, it's going to go away and then come back. Um, Nehemiah 4, 19-20 says, I said to the nobles, the officials, the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separate on the wall from one another. At whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there, our God will fight for us. So it's God's power that's working through us here. Um, and that's where we see that it's be faithful to show up, and He's going to be the one working through you. He's equipped you, spiritual gifts. He's given a place, He's already laid out works for you to be doing. It says in Ephesians 2.10. Um, and it's through His power that we're able to do what we're supposed to do. It's through God that we have victory in the Christian life and we can edify other believers. So Nehemiah encourages them this time and tells them to remember God's power and reminds them of who they are helping when they fight at the first time. And then he tells them next time to gather this place, but that God is the one who's going to give them the victory. So remember that we're helping fellow believers when we're serving. Right? As we're serving, we're actually building up the, uh, the body of Christ. There's fellow believers around us. And then we're showing up to do this, but God is the one who's giving us the power to be able to do it. He's the one who's going to give the victory. We can water and we can plant, but God causes the growth. Right? So you are equipped, but not because of you, but because of Christ. That's why we can encourage people. So here's overall the review. Right. Encouraging service. We want to um, get the facts, right? Look at the Bible. and see what we're doing. Um, Following the mass process, present the service opportunity, talk about your successes in ministry, tell them of spiritual gifts, and ask if they want to serve. Encouraging people who are serving is saying God will provide, right? Serve for your fellow believers. It's the purpose behind your serving. He's going to provide ultimately, but serve fellow believers. And it's God's power through you. He'll provide the power to do it as well. You should be faithful to show up. And He's going to sustain you to do the things you need to do. All this goes to say, rest is important, right? And it's needed. And if someone's like, well, I've had three hours of sleep this week, you're like, hey, you just got to, you know, it's God's power through you, right? It's like, no, you should sleep, right? There are things that you should do. You should have times of rest. Proverbs says it's good to have one handful of rest and one handful of work. Uh, so it's good to have that. So it's not encouraging people to serve to where they're burned out and they can't do it anymore, right? But if some people, it can just get hard. 
and I've, I've been there. It's kind of hard to serve. You kind of get a little, like, discouraged and stuff. And so encouraging believers, remind them to look to God ultimately in both these steps. He's going to provide. He'll give us a victory in the life. And it's him, his power through us as we're there. Just serve for your fellow believers and should be faithful to show up. Okay, any questions or anything at this point or comments? Thoughts? Anyone ever feel like they've needed encouragement when it comes to serving? Yeah, that was a pretty unanimous head nod there. Or grunt. (laughs) Um, If we feel like we've needed it, and we just saw that everyone else here on leadership has needed it, well, then how much more do the people in Cornerstone you think probably need the encouragement to serve? And just because they're not on leadership doesn't mean that, well, you know, they're not really in a service position kind of thing. Whatever. They're not on service team. Right? No, I'm just um, but everyone has a place to serve within Cornerstone um, and ultimately within the church. So let's encourage people to begin serving and then to continue serving.